Can you feel it, Sloots? The days are getting warmer and spring has officially sprung, which means spring break is here. Which, for the older folk, that basically means people are going outside, they're staying outside, and they are staying out way longer. But the thing is, who wants to deal with those post-party struggles? I know I don't. I mean, I quite literally and physically can't at this stage in my life. And that's where my spring break essential comes in, which is Taste Salud. Say goodbye to the Sunday scaries with Taste Salud's hydrating drink mixes. Listen, I started my spring break a little bit early last weekend when my best friend Allie came to town And we had a night or two on the town. And how I felt, honestly, come Monday morning was better than any spring break party you can imagine. And that is a rare occurrence for me and has only started happening since I've started drinking Taste Salute religiously. Because unlike those big name brands we all know, Salud knocks it out of the park with their one-of-a-kind flavors. I'm drinking one right now. And no, it's not because I plan on drinking any kind of alcohol, but just because I'm trying to get hydrated and energized. I'm obviously drinking the horchata flavor, but you got to enjoy flavors like cucumber lime, hibiscus, and... They even have mocktails now. Say hello to Paloma and Strawberry Margarita. Filled with electrolytes and vitamins that support hydration and boost immunity with less sugar. I'm talking only one gram of sugar per stick. This is exactly what you need to get your Sunday fun day going, regardless of what the rest of the day entails. And here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Enjoy 10% off your first purchase with the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 at TaySalud.com. Cheers to health this spring break season with TaySalud. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sophia with an F. My name is Fofia Franklin, and I am so happy to have you guys here. I have to quickly list off a couple things before we actually get into the episode, which are please, if you could rate and subscribe to my show, grab your grandmother's Android when she's not looking and subscribe. It's not going to hurt her. It's not going to hurt you. It will only help me. And leave me five stars and write a review and make me look good. <laughs> Selfish. Selfish. Um, yeah, not sure if you guys were aware for any new listeners, I was involved in a very public uh, drama and I have some people leaving me one star reviews just based on their hate for me as a human being and not the show. And I just have a lot of people after me. So, okay. 
It sounds like I'm fucking wanted from Interpol. It's not that serious. I actually do have a little treat for you guys. This is something new. If you use code Sophia F Podcast, you will get 20% off all of my merchandise. It's for early access. And it's starting now until Thursday at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you should do it before shit sells out. And if you want, you can also follow me on my Instagram because it's been a fire lately. And my Twitter and my Snapchat, Sophia Franklin. Sophia the F, Franklin with a Y. Anyways... I have officially moved out of my mom's closet. I upgraded to an actual recording studio. I have an audio engineer and there's like 40 Grammys on the wall and it's just some high-end shit. I'm kidding. I am in a room downstairs in the basement of my mother's house, but it is a step up And the audio should sound great. There is no fucking furniture, so I'm still sitting on the floor. Um, I did bring in a ring light to make it a little bit more professional and lit candles to make it feel a little less lonely. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried chilled red wine before, but I highly recommend it. Um, That's really what the... I was about to say connoisseurs... Oh my God. Sommeliers, that's what they will recommend. That's a joke. My, I'm pretty sure my 17-year-old brother uh, put my red wine in the fridge. Okay. As you can probably tell, I will be doing this episode completely solo. I feel like I've had someone on for the majority of my episodes so far, and we just need a little one-on-one time. And, you know, every single person I've talked to in the industry, uh, they have told me that podcasting alone is extremely difficult, but I'm going to give it a try. And I really think I've got this. And I honestly don't even feel like I'm talking alone, really. I feel like I'm having a conversation with you guys, which maybe that makes me crazy. I don't fucking know or care. And speaking of solo episodes... I think that we should just quickly discuss, see, I'm literally already talking to you guys like we're having a full-blown conversation. I want to let you guys know what my plans are for the show. The show is still growing. This will be the seventh episode. It's in the very beginning stages. And, you know, in the beginning, I wanted to keep it just super close and personal and authentic to me. Um, and so that you guys had that feel as well and you guys had some insight into who I am as a person and my life, whatever, etc. But I think it's time to spread my wings just a little bit. I have some exciting plans in the next few months. That's not to say, you know, my friends are not going to come back on. They absolutely will. Although that's very bad for my physical and mental health because when you podcast with friends, you end up partying and I've, I'm just sick of it. So just kidding. That's completely on me. I'm always the one that's like, do you want to be a little liquored up to feel more comfortable? 
it's all on me and they will absolutely be coming back on. Um, and I have other friends you guys haven't met, but you guys get the idea. So let's get into the episode. A couple things. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City debuted. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Real Housewives. If you live on planet Earth, you probably should be and you do know. Uh, Roni. <laughs> Roni, Real Housewives of New York. That show is probably my favorite show on television, reality-wise. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just debuted. And maybe I should have mentioned this. I am currently in Salt Lake City, living here. I was born and raised here, so that's kind of exciting for me. And some of you might be wondering why the fuck would they do a Real Housewives franchise based out of Salt Lake City, Utah? Couldn't tell ya. Couldn't fucking tell ya. I'm kidding. Utah is, uh, it's, it's a hot spot. It's growing. It's becoming a thing. And I watched the first episode. I absolutely loved it. I, <laughs> I'm thinking about... There was this one scene where, fuck, I can't even remember her name. Oh, my God. I will look it up. But she, her husband is the football coach at the University of Utah. She said she is three quarters Hawaiian, I believe, and a quarter Chinese. I could be messing that up, but it was something along those lines. She said, living in Utah, she is a black woman. She said, that is the role that I've had to take on living here because pretty much, and these are not her words, these are mine because I can relate to some degree, pretty much if you are just not a fully blown white Caucasian person, they, people in Utah are perplexed. They think to themselves, what the fuck are you? I personally, completely white passing. I am white. I mean, my parents are both, you know, fresh off the boat. Is that not politically correct to say? I, I do my best, but that is essentially what they are, okay? My mom was born and raised in Argentina. My dad is born in, was born in Spain, yada, yada, yada. Um, I was considered Spanish as fuck in high school growing up in Utah, like very, very Spanish, which if I go somewhere else, like when I was living in New York, I'm a white bitch. That's a whole conversation for a whole nother episode. Um, but I really loved the episode and I don't know how much you guys like Real Housewives, but if you love it and want me to talk about it, that's something I could do. So let me know, please. I mentioned something last episode, and it's a trigger word. It's tsunami. And I am not poking fun at tsunamis. I am poking fun at myself because I didn't understand the impact and destructive nature of a tsunami. I was an ignorant ass hoe. Okay? I watched this movie. I told all of you guys to go watch it. I received hundreds, if not thousands, of DMs from people saying, 
that movie fucked me up. Tsunamis are my worst fear, which I can relate because now I have a severe paranoia of tsunamis and I am in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's just a really crazy thing and I hope this makes sense. I am going to post an article the second this episode drops about a man that survived a tsunami. Okay, he was in the Indian Ocean uh, 2004, I believe, tsunami. Somehow was able to survive. Literally everyone he knew died. He talks about the experience. He talks about the sound that a tsunami makes. Oh my god, I'm like getting the chills. I just want to fucking read it. But it's too much. I'm going to post the article and you guys will have a blast. And when I say blast, I mean a blast of anxiety, traumatic feelings, stress, and despair. Which sometimes, you know, we are a little bit masochistic and we like to do those things. So moving on. Mental health update. I want to do an update every single week of what's going on and of my mental health. I want to go ahead and say I'm at a 7, like a 7 out of 10, which actually is pretty good. And why am I picking a 7? Hmm. Okay, well, there's like a list of things. But for starters, I swear to God... When the pandemic started initially, I was all for it. (laughs) Why do I say things that can sound so fucking rude and insensitive? I I don't mean I'm all for the pandemic. I think it's serious. I think it's scary. I think it's horrible. What I meant is I was prepared I felt ready. I was doing my little routine. I was working out from home and using the little resistance band thingy around my ankles or knees or whatever. Um, I was practicing self-care. I was meditating. I was going for walks. I was doing all of the things and I was really enjoying the quality time I could spend with my family living in a house with them. Now, now, I'm about to fucking murder Charles Manson. Everyone will be dead up in this bitch. Gypsy Rose taking out her mom. I apologize. What I mean to say is I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it right now. And it's funny because in the beginning it was good and I feel as if as the time has progressed, I have gotten way worse. I have kind of gone off the rails, to be completely honest. I was talking to my friend on the phone the other day, and they said that they um, had an o- like the opposite experience. They said they started feeling so much anxiety and all of the other things that come along with it. And then over time, they were able to acclimate and find their routine, etc. I'm not that bitch. Is it just me or have all of your bad habits amplified and just come to the forefront? 
because I am drinking more than I usually would. I am not fucking exercising anymore. I am, I have no energy. I just, I I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, I'm not, I'm like regressing into how I was when I was in high school. And maybe that's just because I'm living literally back in my childhood home with my mother. And that lady has eyes like a hawk and watches my every move and tends to be a little judgmental here and there. Mom. Just kidding. I love you, mom. Um, (laughs) This reminds me. I'm living with my 17-year-old brother and my mom. And she sat us both down because she was pissed about something we did. I don't even remember. I think my brother threw a party. I, God knows what I did. I'm not sure. And she made a comment towards the end of the conversation where she said, I really don't know which one of you is worse. Okay. My brother's 17. I'm a 28-year-old woman with a business and with a brand and a career and 28 years of life. And she said she didn't know if I was worse or my brother. So that's pretty much where I'm at, you know? that That's it. I really don't have that much more to say about it. I think when you are stuck in close quarters with the people you love dearly, you eventually start to go crazy regardless of who you're living with. It's, it is what it is. And uh, happy holidays. Can't wait for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Woo! Oh my God, I sound so pessimistic. I love the holidays, by the way. I am that bitch. I really am. Okay. I want to talk about horoscopes. And I know that sounds very random coming from me, considering I don't know anything about it really. I'm not an astrologist. I, I'm not an astrologist. I am not a guru at all. I do know some things. And what happened is I posted, um, a bunch of slides about horoscopes on my Sophia F podcast page on Instagram. You guys should go follow it. Sophia F podcast. And I got a lot, a lot, a lot of positive feedback and people asking me to discuss horoscopes. I know I'm a cancer. (sighs) The insight just never stops. Sorry, guys. I'm pulling up my co-star chart. Okay. I am a Cancer. I am on the cusp of being a Leo. My moon is in Aries and my ascendant is in Scorpio. I would honestly say I do fully believe in astrology. I really do. I know people poke fun, but try and tell me Aquariuses aren't crazy as fuck. 
I love you guys. I really do. But every Aquarius I know, they're fucking nuts in the best way. But y'all are a little bit crazy. Cancers, which is what I am. Um, I would absolutely say I am a moody, emotional bitch. I go through 50 emotions a day. I'm just neurotic by nature. And I think that just goes so well together. It really goes hand in hand. Doesn't it kind of feel like everyone is a Cancer or a Leo, though? Or is that me just being super self-indulgent? I don't know. I just feel like I always am meeting Cancer or a Leo. I don't know. That was a tangent. Um, I also know that Scorpios are better in bed. I have absolutely heard that one. I heard that they just hold sex to a higher regard. And that was articulated to me in a way that I really uh, don't even want to revisit. But I guess we can quickly. I found that out by one of my boyfriends um, telling me about the best sex he's ever had in his past hookups slash relationships saying it's always been with a Scorpio. He named like two or three girls and uh, that really fucked me up. I was like, how can I be a Scorpio? How can I do it? Is there anything I can do? That was my aspiration for a month after that conversation I legit was like, do I need to fucking do some Photoshop on my birth certificate? Actually, you know what? (laughs) My ascendant is Scorpio. Isn't that my rising sign? So we're kind of in the same playing field. Right? I think. (gasps) Oh my God, it says your ascendant is the mask you present to people. (gasps) It's your mask? Okay, so I'm literally like a try-hard fucking Scorpio. Oh my God. Wow. Okay, well, guess what? Cancers are very good in bed as well. And I said I believed in this shit, but I completely changed my mind and I don't. So we'll never be talking about horoscopes again. I'm kidding. Um, So yeah, that convo fucked me up. I would like to clarify he didn't tell me those things willingly. It was definitely one of those conversations where I interrogated him for probably close to three hours on a road trip asking him, what kind of girls have you dated? Um... What's like the best sex you've ever had and how was it and why was it good and what's her name and what's her address and like playing that whole game, which I personally find super, super fun, even though it hurts my feelings. I don't know why guys don't find it fun. You guys need to lighten up. You don't have a, a fun bone in your body. But um, he very hesitantly said, Scorpios are good in bed, which I'm thinking about a particular girl that he dated. Um, yeah, let's just get into this story. Uh-huh. If you weren't listening before, 
now is the time for your ears to perk up because I'm about to talk about my stalker slash one of my uh, boyfriend's stalkers, ex-boyfriend. It took, I think, over a year for us to finally find out who it was. I can assure you for that, for the duration of that year or year and a half, it drove me fucking crazy and I tried to do all of my FBI shit and I did find some stuff, but I could never confirm it until, yeah, like a year into it. This girl was absolutely insane. She really, really was. And trust me, I don't like when dudes call girls crazy because they do it all the time. I am here telling you this bitch was fucking crazy. She would message from random phone numbers. She would send text messages from her own phone number. She would text both of us. At one point, she sent my mugshot to his dad's email. And it was obviously like from a random email. And she said, Hi, Mr. So-and-so. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the type of relationship your son is getting into, but I think that you should absolutely be aware of this. And it was a picture of my mugshot. And I was like, yo, bitch, that shit is on a t-shirt. That shit is on a hoodie. That mugshot of mine is for sale. So you're a little bit late to the game. I can deal with it to a certain degree. But when you are, you know, over a year into someone harassing you and just trying to fuck with your relationship and bashing you it really, really, really starts to get on your nerves, let me tell you. And I kind of like want to pull up, I have a folder of about 40 to 50 messages she sent. And some of them were so bizarre and creepy. It sounded as if she was a prophet of some kind. And I do have messages from her and I low-key want to pull one up. And I've talked to my therapist about this and she said, Sophia, under no circumstances should you bring this up on your episode because stalkers are planners and it's going to um, rile her up and it might make her do something crazy. But what do I have to lose? Oh my God, this one. She's referring to me. All the people that you have introduced her to have checked her out. Please don't make yourself more of a laughing stock in this town than you already have. People are concerned and embarrassed for you. Given who she is, the least she can do is be faithful to you, but she parades her various conquests around because she has a, she has zero moral compass. I suggest that you listen to her problematic podcast to know what character you are associating with. Something you should have done from the very beginning. See, these are the things where I'm like, homegirl, do you not think that like a guy does some type of research like he's going to know what my fucking career is? Shallow, sweet demeanor and words are meaningless when the objective is impure. 
It's not exaggerated entertainment. She's too idiotic to have more than one layer. <laughs> and there's a reason why she does what she does. Hold on, let me find the rest. Hope you're better than this and was a vulnerable victim. The truth hurts, but it will set you free. I'm sorry, but like you have to fucking laugh. Oh my God, there's so many guys that are so crazy. Oh my God, I just came across one. Oh my God. She was trying to text as if she was a guy. She sends this to my boyfriend. <laughs> and I remember because I'm laying in bed with him the next day or when he got the text message. This is what it says. Yo, bro, your girl told me to hit you up to tell you that I fucked her in the ass and she sucked my dick real good last night. Not sure why she wanted me to text it to you, but this shit is funny as hell. I think she was wasted out of her mind. She was... <laughs> she was a good pump and dump one-nighter. Crying laughing face. I shouldn't be laughing because it's so derogatory, but it's just like I'm laying in bed with him. Like, why are these bitches so crazy? And that is actually a really good question because usually when you date a man and he has a bunch of exes that are batshit insane, you think to yourself, all right, well, what's the common denominator? It's this guy. I have to speak from the bottom of my heart and be completely truthful. I obviously knew him. I dated him for years. I knew who he was as a person. And I legitimately just think that these girls were crazy. I really, really do. And I'm not trying to sound naive, but... That's just what it is. Or they were just in love with him or they fucking hated me. Whatever it is, I wish I could tell you, but I personally cannot relate to those things. I am a self-proclaimed psychopath. I would never be a stalker like this. To go after an ex-boyfriend especially if he's in a new relationship and just tried to completely sabotage it, that doesn't make sense to me. That does not resonate with me in any way, shape, or form. The second I know a dude has moved on or doesn't like me, I am out. I'm out the door. I'm not going to sit here and try to convince him, A, and B, I'm not going to try to convince him by exposing his new girlfriend like it it really just doesn't make sense and I also would like to mention that these women were not in serious relationships with him they were women that he had flings with which goes to show what an actual fuckboy he was though he probably had you know a hundred girls in that time frame of however many years you're gonna pick up some crazy stalker bitches at that point a man salute gotta love it let's move on guys 
glad I was able to get that off my chest. I have all the fucking receipts from all the text messages, so you guys just let me know. Let's talk about sex, baby. Do I have a really good voice right now? Because usually I don't. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, wider looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus, it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lom. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Okay, sex and a little bit of dating. We're sprinkling in dating here. Let's discuss. I have been compiling a list of things that I have learned over the last few years of my life, in my old age, and I spoke to various people about this, men, women. I've gathered things from my own personal experience, and there are just a couple uh, sex tips that I want to discuss. Don't have sex in your bed in your bedroom. If you are spending every night together, even if you're not, but you guys, every single time you fuck, it's in his bed or in your bed in either one of your bedrooms. After a while, I'm not saying that the sex gets boring. There's plenty of things you can do within that room to spice it up. But if you, and I'm talking to you ladies specifically, if you were to take a guy's hand and said, 
baby, follow me, and you lead a guy into literally any other fucking room than the bedroom, he's going to get hard and it is going to ramp up the sex fun. That was a horrible way to describe it, but you guys get what I'm saying. And it doesn't matter where you take him. You could take him, I mean, the obvious ones, bathroom counter, kitchen counter, the couch. The couch is so fun, so underrated. But you could take this man into a fucking broom closet and he would not give a shit. It's the fact that it's just something different and you're going to have to angle your bodies differently and it's just a new experience and it's as simple as moving out of your bedroom walking out your front door. Walking out your front door. (laughs) Yes, guys, it's as simple as doing it in your front yard. There is nothing more exciting and adrenaline rush as your neighbors watching you fuck. You guys understand what I'm saying, but I personally think that that's a great one. Moving on. This one is very personal to me. This one hit home. It's something I've never really thought about uh, until recently. And um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it was kind of a recent observation. But be specific about your moaning. I'm talking about the frequency Not the way you sound, not how loud you're being, not the shit you're saying. It's literally just how frequent you are moaning or groaning or making sounds to let him know that what he's doing feels good. They need to be spread out. And I know this sounds like I'm telling you to be performative in bed. It's actually the opposite. It really is the complete opposite. When I was younger, I really, really thought I needed to let the guy know that he was fucking me good the entire time. Not, literally, there was not one second my mouth was shut. When I was 19 or in my early 20s, whatever, the entire time I was having sex, I remember thinking to myself, okay, now make this noise, now say this, now do this, like da 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 like in order to impress him and make it like the best sex he's ever had, you just need to be that bitch that's like letting him know the whole time. I mean, I'd be having sex for 30 minutes and the whole time, uh, oh my god, yes, Yes. Oh my God. Like, and it was exhausting. It really was. So this is the thing. Shut your fucking mouth. I'm just kidding. When you only make sounds to let him know that what he's doing actually feels good, your sex is going to become so much better. For multiple reasons. Really for multiple reasons. A, it's hotter that way. It really is. It shows that you're being genuine because you are for you and for him. B, you can actually be in the moment and you're not putting on some show. C, 
he will actually know what you like in bed because you're not just screaming, baby, this feels so good the entire time. You are literally teaching him what you like in the bedroom by the sounds and reactions you give him. So that's C. And D, I actually think that D is maybe the most interesting. It makes the sex more exciting for him because he is ultimately trying to make you feel good. He is trying to make you come and he wants to work for it. I promise you. It is a it is a challenge for men and it's their ego and if they feel like they didn't have to work for it at all, it's just not the same shit. And obviously there are like some selfish dudes out there uh that don't give a fuck. I have been fortunate enough to have not encountered those people. I'm not even lying. I really don't think I've ever met a dude that didn't care about my pleasure. I know that they're out there. But um that's pretty much it for that one. And you know what? If you are one of those women that the entire time you have sex, it feels so good and you want to make it known without one second of silence, then by all means, live your truth. I just know that a lot of girls think that they need to be <laughs> having one ongoing, never-ending orgasm for 30 minutes. And it's just not the case. There's something sexy about silence. I mean, not fucking silence. I mean, not... You guys understand what I'm saying. There's something sexy when you can just hear breathing and your ass clapping while he's fucking you doggy. It's just something really romantic. I don't know how to explain it. All right. It's actually kind of crazy, though, because... Out of all of these sex tips, the funniest thing is you can tell if a person is going to be good in the sack before fucking them, before a lot of things, before even a FaceTime call. You can kind of tell right away. It's like everyone has this checklist, right? You have these boxes that you want to check off and it like build anticipation to have sex with someone. It's a vetting process. It is a vetting process. And the vetting process is unique and obviously case by case based off of what you find attractive or sexually stimulating. There are some girls who love guys with uh, muscle cars. (laughs) That would not be me. That's a box that they need checked in order to be with a guy. I'm not shaming Hot Wheels dick. I'm sorry. It's just funny to think of a world where a Mustang is what makes a girl's pussy tingle. But everyone has a different vetting process, whether it's to fuck or to date. For me personally, I just need hedge fund manager. I don't know how many times I need to say it. That joke, I it's just, it's an old joke, but I will, it's an ongoing joke that I will never, ever give up on. Um, my vetting process, I think that if I just want to fuck, 
the bar, pretty low. Pretty fucking low, I'll be honest with you. I think I care way more about the way they look if it's just a hookup. Actually, I'm completely lying. That's a lie. I think that looks to me now at 28 years old, not as important. Nowhere near as important as when I was younger. I think it's about personality. Oh my God, cliche ass bitch. It's true. A dude's personality makes him attractive. And um, I don't want to say bank account, but he, he's got to have some ambition. He's got to have some direction, some stability, something. And uh, if he's just a fucking good guy or not. Really? And this is for sex and dating. If I go on a date and he's rude to the wait staff, fuck no. If he makes a joke and he calls me like, okay, like, okay, ho, you're such a little ho. I will laugh in the moment and I might still fuck him, but I automatically in my brain, I'm like, okay, that's not someone I'm dating. Oh my God. Was that even interesting? I don't know. I think the vetting process for dudes, completely different. I think they're much more visual. I will say for me, I kind of do a similar vetting process for guys I want to fuck and guys I want to date. I think men can categorically really put them in two separate boxes and vet for a girl he wants to fuck. That's box one. And then they will vet for a slew that they might actually want to date. And that's box two. I think men compartmentalize like that a lot more than women. By the way, bitch or slew specifically is a, a great word. It's a play on the word slut. I'm fucking Shakespeare. I'm a thespian. It's not derogatory. I think being a slut is great and I think calling it slew is even better. So that's all I'm going to say about that one. Look, you've had a long day. Your boss is annoying you. Your boyfriend is accusing you of something you didn't even do. And your sibling is asking you for money. That's like an everyday thing for me. While I don't have all the answers, I do know that we have the power to change any situation we're in, in a flash, in a snap. We can turn it into a celebration and a little glass of wine is just the thing to turn your day around sometimes. But of course, you just realized you ran out of everything. Luckily for you, our friends over at DoorDash have you covered. If you're in the mood to treat yourself or just want to make sure you are always hostess with the mostest ready, DoorDash is your go-to without you having to move from your couch. And it's convenient. Do you know how heavy a handle of tequila is? How about five of them? Exactly. 
Plus, the alcohol selection at DoorDash is top-notch. You will find what you're looking for. Beer, wine, mixers, and even mocktails for the non-alcoholic girlies can be delivered straight to your door. So get your drinks in hand without lifting a finger with DoorDash. And use code SOFIA24 to get 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more on drinks through DoorDash. For eligible users only, terms apply, must be 21 plus to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. It's time to move on to my favorite segment, questions, advice, and stories, which by the way, please be submitting these to sophiafranklin.com. You guys are fucking crazy. You people, you people, you bitches are funnier than me and I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. You're coming for my job, but legitimately, you guys are amazing. These stories you write in, even the questions, it's a great time. We are official. So first and foremost, you guys wrote on the podcast Instagram page, which you should go follow if you're not, Sophia F Podcast, all of the crazy things that you have done at work. And I just need to say, holy shit. Holy fucking shit. I was dying. So I need to read a few. And, you know, the thing is, is no one is immune to being a degenerate on the job. I had doctors writing in, attorneys, any career you can think of, Everyone has written in a story, and it was kind of amazing to see flight attendants, flight attendants, the amount of flight attendants that wrote in telling me the crazy shit that they have done while in flight. Oh, my God. So let me just read a few. And this really should just be a reoccurring segment because I couldn't get through all of them and it took me an hour to like narrow down my favorites so but here we go okay so let me just start with the top rated comment um from the podcast instagram page (laughs) this girl wrote I am a bartender, and one time we were serving frozen strawberry margaritas to children all day on accident. The frozen drink machines got switched up. (laughs) It's so messed up, but like, oh my fucking God. Okay, next one. When I was 16, my friend and I worked at Quiznos, and we decided to try acid for the first time, right before closing. It hit us earlier than we thought, and we had to call our other friend, who didn't even work there, to come in and help us count the cash and close the till. (laughs) These are so fucking funny. Okay, Um, this guy wrote in. Oh my God, this is like insane. 
He said, got married, separated after two weeks, met a stripper at strip club, day two of separation. I thought she liked me. (laughs) Sweetie, they never fucking like you. He said, so I let her drive a brand new car from the auto dealer I worked at. Stripper ghosts me. She disappears with the car that I loaned her. I spent the next 48 hours hunting down this car in Baltimore only to find it with chapstick melted into the carpet, which gave it a stripper scent. Didn't get fired, though. Life goes on. (laughs) Why would you loan a stripper your car? Or anyone, for that matter. Really? Like, hi. This is also coming from the girl who uh, sold cocaine out of um, her coffee shop drive through window. Okay. Next question. How to avoid a hangover? Mm. I mean, every fucking day for the last 15 years, I've asked myself the same question. Um... <laughs> Literally nothing helps as much as making sure you are hydrated before you're drinking, during, and after you need to be chugging water. If you know you you are going to a party, I want you with one of those fucking gallon water tanks, whatever the fuck they are from the gas station, chugging that down, um... That's the most important thing. I mean, aside from, you know, not taking 10 shots of what what the fuck was that vodka called? Pop off. <laughs> oh my god, I remember that shit. Um if you don't do those things, if you wake up the next day and you find yourself hungover as fuck, I do actually have a few things that you can do. One of them is really not okay for me to recommend on a podcast, but it would be take a uh, Xanax of sorts or a Clonopin if you can and sleep it off. But I do not condone that. I'm just saying like if you have the prescription, do it. And um, aside from that, this is what you can do. Pedialyte. Pedialyte is amazing because it just helps hydrate you. I've been so hungover before where I can't keep water down and it's just hard for me to even drink water. Um, Sometimes you feel nauseous and oh my god, these are my favorite things and I've been telling my friends all about them. This is not even an ad. What are they called? Oh, I think I have one in my purse. Oh my god. Tums um, Chewy Bites. They're antacid. They just help with your stomach feeling like a sour stomach or like your stomach is churning. These have been a complete lifesaver. Um, rest, water, food. A lot of people say get a huge greasy meal in the morning. I totally disagree. The next day, I only want fruit or salad or sushi. Don't ask me why. Probably because I'm dehydrated. I don't fucking know. Those are my tips. I know people that smoke weed 
<laughs> criminals. Um, I've heard smoking weed helps. That's just not really my drug of choice, but that's what I've heard. I think those are those are some pretty good things you can do. I also know for some reason I get horny when I'm hungover and I don't know why. So have sex and rest and drink water. Am I right? Okay. Let's do a more serious question and this will be our last question. So a few months ago, I lost both of my parents in a tragic accident. Holy shit. My boyfriend and I had a great sex life before, but he's so scared to initiate anything at night right now because he knows that's the hardest time of day for me because of the PTSD and anxiety. Do you have any suggestions on how to bring back the crazy sex we used to have? Love you and I'm always supporting you. Oh my god. Okay, well that should just made me emotional for multiple reasons. Um, I am not a sex therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. So first and foremost, take my advice with a grain of salt. Uh, I actually would totally recommend, um, talking to a professional about what happened. As far as the sex goes with your boyfriend, I think it's okay to not have sex right now if you are not feeling it or if he is even feeling timid about it and doesn't feel like it's right. There is this underlying pressure that so many couples feel to be having sex all the time. You don't need to. You really don't. If you want to take a few months without doing it, don't feel bad about it. You really don't need to feel bad about it. This is supposed to be your partner and your best friend at the end of the day. With that said, if you do want to engage in sex, I think that sex can be very emotional. I think that you absolutely should. I think it could be healing in a sense because there is this closeness you feel with your partner. There is a release, literally a release when you have an orgasm that just, you know, with your serotonin levels and endorphins and whatever else and just connecting to your sexuality is just good all around. I also do want to say, though, you may have sex and you might end up um, crying. You might end up upset because sex is emotional and all of these emotions are coming up and you don't really know what to expect when you go into the bedroom with this guy. But you said he specifically is so scared to initiate anything at night. Maybe try having sex in the morning. That sounds simple, but... Maybe even just that will make him feel more comfortable and you. I think you need it it sounds to me from this message like you are ready to jump back in. You said, "Do you have suggestions on how to bring back the crazy sex we used to have?" You will definitely get back to having the crazy sex. I can assure you that. And the morning process is different for anybody. 
if you feel ready to have sex, let him know. I don't want you to be timid or scared of initiating sex with me. I really don't. I can handle it. And if for some reason I can't, we will take care of it then and there. Bottom line. Trust me, I, you know what, I have not experienced loss like that. I'm very fortunate enough in that way. I have had sex where I've ended up crying for different reasons, for multiple reasons. And sometimes it's kind of a beautiful experience, to be completely honest. So I hope that that was good advice. I really appreciate you writing in that message. Um... It touched my heart, genuinely, and uh, I'm thinking about you, and I think that that's the end of the episode. I have had multiple people ask me, you know, what are your listeners called? Um, You guys are not called anything. You are human beings that are just listening to a fucking show. But if you guys want to do that, I think it can, you know, create this sense of community and it is fun. And I mean, I personally love it. You guys tell me what you're thinking. Someone DM'd me Slooper Troopers, Sloop Gang, um, Swath Team. Get it? It's like SWAT Team. Sophia with an F acronym Team. I don't know. You guys let me know. I love you guys so much. I will be seeing you next week for Thanksgiving. I think I'm going to have a special guest on. And that's about it, you guys. Uh, There's also a merch sale. So you might want to check that out. SophiaFranklin.com. Okay, guys. I love you so much. Bye-bye.